0: Hi everybody and welcome to the first episode of Corks Talks. I basically talk about different themes related to my life and try and make, um, I guess, further considerations about the wider problems in the world. So things related to identity, personal development, career, leisure, relationships, anything you can think of. Hopefully I'll have an assessment of it because I have a very varied reading style. So um, today's episode will basically be about a topic that has kind of been weighing on my mind a lot and it has to do with the one and only relationship with self. Um, It's something that I've struggled with for a while. I have journaled probably for at least 10 years um, just ascribing myself to these pages either on the internet so a blog or in a physical diary and still can't seem to come to terms with myself so I wrote a small short blog about um why I can't take a compliment and it basically draws upon some themes that I've been paying attention to lately um and um it was sparked by an episode of On Being with Krista Tippett that's a podcast that I listen to about self-development and wellness and um it featured Alain de Baton who is like a well-known, acclaimed writer. He is, I believe, the creator of The School of Life, which is like a very famous YouTube channel. And he just teaches you to basically maintain healthy relationships. I believe his article um, went viral. It was, I believe, called um, Why You're Going to Marry the Wrong Person. And um, I haven't read it because, I don't know, I don't want to manifest that kind of energy into my life. But um, I thought it was an interesting thing to observe, seeing that... um, It's apparently one of the most popular articles. I believe it was posted on the NY Times ever published in that year. And um, it made me think about, I guess, I feel like the human mind is so ascribed to negativity. It's just the first instinct that many of us go for. And I am trying to, I guess, dissuade from that. Um, I wasn't necessarily a born pessimist or realist. It's just something that kind of grew further as I got older. I wasn't aware that um it would then go on to not rule my life but basically not allow me to celebrate my achievements openly. I mean my people that are around me know very well the things I've done good and bad um hopefully mostly good um in terms of successes achievements milestones and so on and so forth but naturally as many humans do I tend to focus on the the bad the negativity and um recently, as of January 2021, I stopped journaling because um, I felt like it was me meditating too much on the difficult parts of my life. Probably wasn't journaling effectively, I was just using it as an expression tool. So I wasn't venting to friends or posting online. I was just like, let me get it down in this private notebook. But as my New Year's resolution, I was like, I have to, I guess, manage myself in other ways. So now I do things like I take walks, I talk to my friends, I try and practice waking up early, healthy eating, meditation, and I bought a gratitude journal instead so I can kind of train my mind to focus on good things. But naturally, as all people experience, my mind always kind of diverts to the negativity. And um, I just thought to myself on Saturday, I believe, because I was talking to somebody, And um, I realised I can't take a compliment. Um, They were saying to me so many nice things. And I was like, "Mm, yeah, I was being very non-communicative. I was very uncomfortable with what they were saying. And that's a lifelong thing for me. I've never really been comfortable with people saying nice things about me, positive things to me, to the point where I've, like, like disabled comments on things that I know people would congratulate me for or just, like, turn off my phone when I know someone's going to say something kind it's quite it's weird it's become like obsessive but now I'm trying to welcome I guess joy and celebration into my life but in um incremental parts I don't want to expose myself too greatly yet because I feel like the world especially right now is a very difficult space and people don't know who to be and how to become so as I navigate this I just wanted to accompany this blog post with a podcast I guess it's like a running commentary of how I feel right now um, at 23 years of age, I'm going to be 24 in two months. So I'm curious as to where I'm going to be in even 10 years, as living through a pandemic is not an easy thing to do. But in assessing myself, I have realized that I think maybe we focus too much on who we are. I don't know whether social media has amplified that in terms of an obsession with our looks and our. our aesthetic, where we come across, we often see people self-assess unprovoked, saying I am a this person, I am a that person and I wonder how skewed our sense of selves are. The terms that we use I believe are quite limiting, things like self-esteem, self-perception, self-reflection, these words feel too remote and insufficient in describing what is the enormity of who we actually are as human beings that walk this land and possess items and lose and gain and do so much but somehow have to fit ourselves into like neat packages of categories and 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 organizations and I guess even with the census coming up in Britain it's like what am I going to tick I mean I know there are things about me that are never going to change things like age and background those are pretty static but for the most part as I've gone older a lot of things have become fluid and um Fluid in the sense that I don't really feel like if someone asked me who I am today, I would be able to say it in a sentence, who I am, besides the concrete age background. But even names can be changed. That's somebody who has actually changed their name. I know that a deed poll exists. And um, I believe, perhaps in my reading of this book called Just As I Am, which was published by HarperCollins, by Cicely Tyson, the way she explains Herself alongside the co-writer, it's not only sumptuous and delicious, it is also very, very revealing. There was a time when I was quite—I don't want to say resentful, but concerned about the fact that I felt like all the black women didn't get to tell their stories. I remember there was a point when Dionne Warwick—I think she posted a tweet a few days ago—where she was, she was like, "I'm not writing; I don't need to write a book. Just check Google or something like that." I'm paraphrasing, but it made me realize, like. I want to hear Black women's stories, especially older Black women, especially women above 60. Like, those are the most significant stories to me because they've essentially lived many lives and many selves. But there is this essence that I guess we don't need their stories or this all history, which is just as valid, by the way, but it's harder, I guess, to refer or document in terms of writing, which can be distributed and reproduced. Sound would have to assume some kind of recording device whereas paper is just paper and pen. Um, I recently read an article on Guernica magazine called Harvesting My Father's Mementos, and it was about a man who basically harvested his father's mementos. And um, in archiving or unarchiving this information about his father, he came to know him a greater deal. Sometimes it's not just the things we express or the accounts that people have of us that identify us. Sometimes it's the things you keep in your bag or under your bed, not just literally, but figuratively, um, in your pillowcase, secrets that we don't often want to share. And that is a running theme in Cicely Tyson's book. I'm not going to spoil it because I feel like everyone should read it, but it is a book that I'm coming to learn and understand that is a sacred text of a woman that we did not get to know whilst alive I'm so... I'm so relieved that she got to the age that she did. I wish she would be here today to celebrate the um the story that she was she managed to write of her life and bask in that glory. But um I'm a big believer in deification and revering her in her passing will just be as significant, if not more so, in a questionable way. That um I, and I hope the whole black community and the whole world, can appreciate women like her in that respect. I am quite obsessed with Nina Simone. I think she's a brilliant, brilliant woman who is a soul that was admittedly flawed, but so talented and unapologetic in a time whereby dark-skinned black women didn't get to be those features. And I appreciate her so much, her existence, but I'm still learning about women like her. Women like Cicely Tyson, dark skinned black women from the past who existed as much into the present as possible. And um, in the ways they were treated, documented, reflected, I'm curious to know what is truth and what is not, which is why I'm always keen to hear someone's account of themselves. But even then, I know that even an account of yourself can be an aspersion or an inaccurate depiction from my own issues with my sense of self and identification to perhaps my assessment of other people we really do all operate within the vantage of what we see and what we learn and who we are and how we were raised you know you will think somebody is moral depending on what you were taught morality is and um I try not to cast judgment on that because I do believe that we are in that phase whereby we are learning and unlearning and relearning and constantly in this in this phase of education, but not in the traditional classroom, outside of the classroom, Um, not just in the workplace, but at home, in public, what's acceptable, what's not acceptable, is changing and shifting. And sometimes it goes back to its very archaic, Abrahamic religion-based ideals, and other times it becomes very liberal. And um, I look at it, from different spaces. Um, I think inhabiting this space as a black British woman who is the daughter of immigrants, but is dark-skinned and has a Ghanaian ethnic name, I'm just aware of so many stratifications that I deal with because of my demography. don't take it to heart. I'm not offended by it. Um, And I actually quite enjoy this space. I'm proud of it. But I do know that who I am is not necessarily what someone's going to perceive me as in the sense that i can be a nice lady and someone will still say i was angry at something and that's not a judgment i can fixate on but i have to be aware of because i don't want it to make me cast out on myself i think a lot of us are trying to affirm our way out of oppression and subjugation or neglect and um it's a superficial, neoliberal approach to something that is very deep-seated and rooted and often systemic. I don't have the answers for it, but I know that by creating this podcast and hopefully accompanying my, my written thoughts with my vocal expressions, I can perhaps help somebody else with their own assessments of this themselves or the world. So I hope to make regular episodes of this when I'm ready. But in the meantime, I hope you enjoy the article slash essay that I wrote. It wasn't too long. And uh, I think I touched on all the topics that I've just written now. Um, But obviously in further detail. And yeah, I will see you in the next episode. Bye, and I hope you enjoyed Corks Talks.